What's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Work Prince Game of Thrones cast. I'm not sure if that's the official title, but grab your favorite cup of Starbucks and welcome to Winterfell. <laughs> pumpkin Spice, just kidding. Just Pumpkin Spice? Apparently HBO put out a press release saying the cup was there by mistake, no duh. And Daenerys had ordered a herbal a tea. tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how they had to specify exactly what she was drinking. Um, and I can't wait for New York Comic Con where all the Daenerys cosplayers have a cup of Starbucks in their hand. Ooh. Ooh, good. yeah. I do yeah. love that. You know what? I'm going to go one step further, and I'm just going to dress up as the cup of Starbucks. With, with blonde hair. With blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, three little dragon statues on the, on the, around the cup. Um, the voices you hear. Maybe just uh, one dragon. For this week. Oh, oh <laughs> Ruthless. Yes. It took me what? How long did that take me to make everyone angry? Less than a minute. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of content I'm here for. Okay. I'm your host, Bilal, and joining me this week is the ever ruthless Jen. I'm here to ruin everything you love. How's it going? Uh, Christian. Winter is no longer here. And joining us to fill up our fourth seat is Nicole. I'm just here to laugh, basically, at Jen. <laughs> I love, see, I have a groupie now. I brought a groupie onto the podcast. I That's made how you a know mistake. I've made it. I made a mistake. So yeah. uh, let's kind of just go down the board. Uh, Nicole, since you're the newest one here uh, for this podcast, why don't you give us your quick thoughts on The Last of the Starks? Um... I really liked it better than episode three, only because I felt like the deaths were somewhat more satisfying, and there was actual Oh, time. satisfying deaths. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and, so dark. And, um, yeah, even with the animal death, death, I, singular, singular. I love how yeah. we come to a point with this series where it's just like, yeah, the heroes you know, succeeded, nobody really died, care, everyone's like, it. fuck yeah. that. <laughs> I want everyone to die. <laughs> because, okay, more thoughts on later. But for the most part, I think pacing was significantly better. And um, there were a lot of, like, oh, I don't understand what's happening moments for me. But um, overall, it was a lot more satisfying than, than the Battle of Winterfell, at least. How about you, Christian? Um, I guess <laughs> I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this episode. Um, more so, like, the last 20 minutes. So I, I don't know, at this point, I kind of just want to see how it ends, but like my expectations have been set very, very low. Um, but for what it was, it was enjoyable popcorn, you know, and that's pretty much it. <coughs> Jen? See, I don't know if I have enough time to make an elevator pitch on what I felt about this episode, because on the one hand, it could have been so good. And I agree with Nicole that... It was much better than last week. One, because we could see what was happening. Two, because it wasn't just bodies falling off of a wall. <laughs> but there's just so much that is wrong with this episode that it's infuriating. And everything that's wrong with it can be boiled down to the fact that it seems like everyone involved with Game of Thrones just wants to be fucking done with it. Like, that's it. This is the race to the end. We don't care anymore. We stopped caring after the end of season six. So this is what you guys are going to get. And that's kind of how it feels right now. I've got to agree with you, though. I 
think this was one, probably the best episode of the season. It does have its issues. That's really sad, though. That like Aww. that really hurts. I, 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 I know, but like a lot of this was political, and I really missed the politics of Thrones. I mean, we've got scenes with Varys and Tyrion again, and it feels like forever since we had some of those. It's just like figuring out the politics, the positions of what the people think. Yeah, there's some issues with some of the stuff that was said. We'll get into that later, but... I just enjoyed watching, like, the wheel turn in some of this. And then we get to the final 20 minutes where it's four episodes smashed into one. And that's where I had some uh, a lot of my issues. But <coughs> before we get to the end of the episode, let's start off at the beginning with mm. the funeral and the feast. Hmm. Um, Jen, do you want to take this off? I thought you said the funeral and the beast, and I was so... <laughs> proud of you for making <laughs> such a good pun that I, I I'm distracted but you didn't say that so Wait. I'm taking credit for it now why is um, that a pun that I'm totally missing the reference to um because I was thinking Beauty and the Beast and then <sighs> the beast that is Danny and her jealousy Ooh. that was oh. kind of what I was thinking but um anyway you want to start with me and my thoughts on yeah on all of this? Let, let's just let's start from the bottom and see if we can raise the bar at all from your expectations. I mean, so I agree with Christian in that uh, the better parts of the episode were in the beginning, and the last twenty minutes are a damn disaster. But I liked the funeral. I thought it was a really good sequence. I I don't know what was going on with John's voice, like. <laughs> I uh, during the funeral itself. During the funeral itself, yeah. Like his speech that he gave. The speech he gave is, I, I think there's portions of it that copy aim. Was it Aemon Targaryen back at the, uh, wall? <coughs> really? The, yeah, the uh, portion of that copies that I was reading. I, I don't know how people have this memory to tie it back to certain scenes, but man, the internet's very good at this. Um, That's yeah. what it does best. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> People who watch Thrones, well, some people who watch Thrones can be really obsessive, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But I, I'm talking, just like his voice and his cadence, like it didn't, it didn't seem like John at all. It seemed like this moment was, all right, we're trying to audition him <laughs> as King of Westeros. So we got to make this look good. And so it seemed almost out of character for him to give that big of a speech and not be a little more uncomfortable with it. I, but, think, I think he respects those that fall in the fight just because of everything he's been through with hard home and, you know, the fight at the wall. See, I, I, think, I, I, I mean, think he has respect for the dead. Um, but... Yeah, it does come off as a bit as a audition because after that I was like, "Yes, he'll make a great king." <laughs> <laughs> after the conversation we had last week, really, Bilal? Yeah. Yep. At the end of the episode, I'm still, I'm still like, you know what? God, you fell right into their trap. That's what they wanted. They, they know, wanted you to go. Yeah, you know what? John's a good king. Okay, but you're gonna sit here and tell me that after Robert's rebellion, everyone was sitting around going like, "Yeah, Robert will be the perfect king." <laughs> Uh, no, that's Probably like not. the whole point of why I, there's so many divided houses yeah, and loyalties after. Exactly, and I think, for me, the one thing about John 
is that he can bring people together and they've at least shown that he does not make the best decisions he makes a ton of bad decisions but there are times I, I think those that can have his ear um, those that can act as advisors will have a better time controlling him than anyone else um, but nobody will control him better than whoever he's dating so exactly. <laughs> in this case it might just be I just I just don't buy John as like this great leader who's going to bring everybody together. I don't like I believe that he's a noble person and I believe that he can see other sides of situations. But I believe that mostly he's just a really really good soldier. He's a really good number 2. And I don't mean, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, no, I agree. I I think he'd make a fantastic hand to to the queen. Yeah, to Sansa. To Sansa. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, let's be honest, Sansa's been the one making all the smart decisions and calls, but nobody. Wants Not to give one her damn any person is listening to her. You know what? She's good. I think right now everyone will die and Sansa will be left standing. I'm I, fine with that. I'm I, fine with that. I hundred percent think that's where it's, we're headed. Uh, just because she's not playing everyone else's game and she's just going to sit it out and be like, you know what? I win. Just throw her hands up. You know what? I tried. Yeah. Y'all just stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I liked the funeral and the feast was okay. There was a, there was tension there. Um, some of it was weird and a little too melodramatic for my taste. It started but... off like a little bit too quiet in my opinion because I, I get that there's been a funeral but they also like they all survived this night and you would think they would be like having a feast which I think it kind of turns into a little it bit. turns into that because of Danny naming yeah. Gendry Lord of Storms in which is a little funny because it's like so she's she's asking the <laughs> the audience almost like who's Lord of Storms in and everybody's like uh <laughs> And then you know, it's we, like, we don't know. That's so weird. We don't know. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? And your yeah. Robert Baratheon son <laughs> who tried to kill me and my family. Yeah, like Danny, you gotta let some of that stuff go, sweetie. Like it's it's been a minute since that happened. For a second there, me and my wife were like, "Is is she, is she serious?" Gonna kill <laughs> oh, I thought that too. Like, are y'all seriously doing this right now? <laughs> By the way, Jamie, Jamie Lannister, come here. Clean Kingslayer, yeah, step up too here. We're just, we're just gonna do this one big sword. Just take uh, out all of you. <laughs> man. But it it was a nice scene, though she totally sees the politics in it. But um, she should have also mentioned that he should revoke all claims to the Iron Throne, because that's kind of a plot hole. Not that he would, but he can. Think- I don't think anyone would throw their hat behind Gendry as a leader, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, like... Think of Stannis Baratheon. He, and I think this is a lot of what we see with Danny right now is the same thing. Like, and I, I don't think the show has been aiming her correctly, uh, or framing her. You correctly. don't say. Yeah, I'm I mean shocked. that's she's might not be the leader everybody wants, but she has stepped up and delivered a lot. She's given her army. She didn't have to, um, and you know she has put her plight in front of others like. Stannis came up uh, up north when he didn't need to. He could have just sat there at Dragonstone the entire time. Danny did the same exact thing. She could have gone straight to King's Landing and just fried everyone, um, which sounds like she's going to do next week. Um, 
but you know she put probably would have saved land. her but, two dragons but uh, yeah mm-hmm. that too but uh, the show just kind of like glazes over a lot that she has given up and i, I you know what i i'm part of that problem too because i kind of fell for that as well i didn't even think I, I, it's hard not to think of danny as you know n- not liking her because the way the show frames her but there's really no reason not to like her <laughs> um in my opinion Sure, she is. She wants what she wants, but she's not wrong. I mean, I mean I'm sure we can we can get into this a little bit later when we yeah. touch on the topic some more. But um, if Danny were a dude, this wouldn't be a discussion. Yeah, I think I mm. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think one of the it's really interesting to see her now, especially at Winterfell during this feast without anybody to rely on. And I think seeing her look around at uh, John who's yeah. being paraded by the others, um, you know, even uh, Brienne with uh, Tyrion and Jamie, like, she doesn't have any friends. And it's kind of sad. But you know what she does have? Some Starbucks tea. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and for now, two dragons still. <laughs> <laughs> dragon well, I mean, the point. dragons can't really come yeah. into <laughs> the Great Hall there. <laughs> like, they're just, like, sitting at the window just waiting for her to come outside, you know? Although, I'm surprised in, at that scene that Varys didn't decide to try and kind of, you know, make her feel, like, not so apart from everyone. You know what I mean? Because he sort of notices her noticing stuff, right? Yeah. But I also think... It, even before he learns the truth about John's um, lineage, that he's starting to have doubts about her and just her rule, which I, I think Var- Varys has always been a character that notices things. Mm-hmm. Like he's always been in the background. He's very smart. He knows how to play his hand. He's so, a spy master. He uses yeah, his little he, birds to track everything. Yeah. Yeah. Except for when they go into battle, then he doesn't use those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to see, uh, and yeah, I guess I'll just jump into it uh, now at this point. Uh, basically, Sansa, re- John reveals to Sansa and um, Arya the truth about his lineage after Daenerys kind of begs him not to, to just basically tells him, "I can be your family." Um, in this weirdly. It's like it's a, such a weird sexual tension between them. Um, I don't know if you guys got the same vibe, but it's definitely tell- heavily implied. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, hey, by the way, that thing that we know about each other. Nah, no, no, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> she she asked John not to t- not to tell uh, his family to swear Bran and uh, Sam to silence. But John decides to tell Arya and Sansa the truth anyway, and sw- asks them to swear not to tell anyone. Sansa immediately tells. Which feels Tyrion, like very high schoolish gossip, mm-hmm. right? But, like, like okay, I'm gonna tell you this secret about my friend, but you can't tell anybody, okay? Don't yeah. tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you see in Crazy Rich Asians, it's literally like the intro of like how fast the word gets back to the mom. Um, but Sansa tells Tyrion, and I don't blame her because I believe she's sitting on such an important piece of information that it doesn't make sense for her to sit on it especially with the way she feels about Daenerys she doesn't trust her can we can we talk about that real quick yeah can we talk about Sansa and Danny (coughs) 
and why they feel the need to pit them against each other. Why? Pit them at why? 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 Like okay. I want the ladies take on this. I'm gonna Nicole, you that. go ahead. I, I want you. You sound fired up about it. I'm excited. No, it's really annoying because there's no reason why Sansa would really need to distrust her from the very beginning, apart from her distrust of monarchs in general. But even after, um, like, that scene, was it in episode two where they kind of tried to patch things up a little bit? I don't know. I just personally don't feel that that was necessary for the show to do because there's a lot of other issues and a lot of other tension anyways that you don't need two female characters who are big important characters to necessarily um pit them against each other just to create more drama that's pretty unnecessary yeah i mean (laughs) you already don't have a lot of great female characters on this show Mm -hmm. um and you definitely don't have them interacting as much as I personally would like, romantically or otherwise. But, um, you know, and so to have that tension, especially from Sansa, who in every other aspect politically mm-hmm. is brilliant. So mm-hmm. why would she risk her status and mm-hmm. all of these things that she's learned and built up by being outwardly hostile to Danny? She should have been more would- slick. Right? She wouldn't like, do yeah. that. Like, she's learned from the school of Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 no. You lace the poison with honey, mm-hmm. you know? You, you, you just got, you can't, you can't come at her like that. And so, if you're going to be that distrustful, you got to build the case behind the scenes. You can't mm-hmm. just... Be like, I don't like you. Stare daggers at her <laughs> across the dinner table, especially with the history that your family has of, you know, murders over dinner. So... Do you think a part of it is that Danny is just this unknown factor or variable in this situation that Sansa can't calculate? Honestly, the way that I can't help but see it as is that Sansa is in love with Jon and they're making her look jealous. Whoa. Like, that's the, that's, that's what I keep reading it as. You, You think Sansa is jealous? That's the way that I think that they think that it should be portrayed. Cause that's, it doesn't come across like that to me at all. No, I, that is how yeah. I read it every single time when they have them doing this. Because it's usually when Danny is looking at John, or there's some kind of romance between Dan and Johnny, and then there's Sansa angrily standing in a goddamn corner staring at the two of them. And I know that it's probably also because she's afraid that Danny is going to get angry and kill John, which is. I think the impetus behind her telling Tyrion because she's afraid that John's gonna go south. Danny's gonna, no matter how much she says she loves him, he's gonna she's, die. Yeah. She's gonna die because uh, he's a threat to her throne. So Danny's gonna kill him. I think, yeah, I, I think it's part of that, and I also think that she sees within John that. When it comes to women, he doesn't know how to think straight. Oh, you think? And yeah. that's already that's already based on top of him just not being able to make some pretty sound decisions on his own. Like his mind is clouded. A lot of the stuff last season with going down to King's Landing and him just kind of throwing away the crown that was given to him as the King of the North when she did so much for Winterfell and like nobody was like, hey, what if we just make Sansa? You know. Queen of the North instead. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, it's weird to see them pitting each other, uh, pitting her against each other. Um, I do wish 
I do think Sansa is going to make a play at Danny sooner or later. I think um, it's I think it's so frustrating for me because both Sansa and Danny recently have been constantly overlooked for the sake of John. And so like you said about making John king in the north when it should rightfully have been Sansa queen in the north. You know, and then looking as soon as John even became kind of an option for sitting on the Iron Throne. It's like, oh, fuck Danny. We don't even know that girl. Who is she? She's some foreigner. Whatever. Get rid of her. I don't care. And so both of these characters are just being cast aside because Jon Snow, this fantasy archetype of a hero, has come along and now he's destined to rule. And I just can't. It. So then to pit those two against each other just puts salt yeah. in the wound. It's, um, and I think uh, Tyrion and Varys later touch upon it. It's like he has a penis. That's why. <laughs> it, it, it's literally the reason yeah. they throw their hat behind him, that, why he has a better claim, uh, which I don't think works because you have Cersei who is more formidable than the Night King, as the show would like to us to believe. So... Yeah, um, that claim really doesn't work in my opinion. And especially because you've had Danny for eight seasons who has just pooped all over that mm-hmm. concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're completely negating all of the development that she's had through these eight seasons going, no, I am just as strong as a man. I can, I can do this too. And then it's like, and then he comes along and it's like, well, you know, but he does, like, have a penis. So, that's, yeah, that, yeah, I guess that's fine. Yeah, and I, there's going to be more Danny to talk about uh, soon enough, but l- I do kind of want to move forward, otherwise we're going to hit the three-hour mark <laughs> before we know it. Um, there's a great... So, Gendry does get anointed uh, Lord of Storms and uh, end of Baratheon, no longer a reverse, uh, as the bastard children are known. Um, and he quickly goes to find Arya, who's just shooting arrows in the alleyway, because she doesn't like to celebrate anything and proposes and as in true Baratheon style he gets rejected by another Stark woman <laughs> it's it's kind of brutal to watch um, I don't blame Arya it, it reflects the first thing she I think one of the first things she told Ned Stark she's like I'm not a lady this is not the life I want uh, so good on Arya to stay true uh, I mean, uh, even when, it makes me question even, Gendry a little bit. Like, who did yeah. you think Arya was? Hundred yeah. percent. Like, had Ar- You know what? A part of me was also scared that the showrunners would be like, "Arya's gonna say yes," and then go <laughs> down there. And I was, because why not at this point? Um, so I'm I'm glad Arya um, said no, uh, and then she. Oh, we'll get back to her after this next topic but let's quickly jump over to uh the hound and sansa who have one of the weirdest interactions i think of the episode uh where the hound just like instantly insults sansa about like being raped by uh ramsey bolton like not even like Thank you for everything you've done. Rape doesn't even, like, begin to yeah. describe the horrors that Ramsay inflicted upon Sansa. Yeah, and it's just like... And they turned it into a joke. Yeah. And that is so infuriating. And it's like, 
I'm sorry, I cut you off. But it makes me so <laughs> mad because, like, kind of like we talked about last week, but they have changed the character of Sandor. Like, he is not the Hound anymore. He is Sandor Clegane. And, and it's like the last, this season in particular, it's like they look back at what Sandor was as the Hound and that kind of like abrasive personality that made people laugh because he was such an asshole. Kind of like Braun, which we will get into. But they looked at that and they were like, oh, you know what's, you know what's missing from this just terrible fantasy show? Humor about rape. So, you know, let's just have Sandor do this. Let's like let's let's revert his character back a little bit and let him just treat Sansa like crap. And I mean, she dishes it back a little bit, but oh my gosh, what? Yeah, there was like she's like I I'm not the little bird that I was because of it, which not like I get what they were going for, but it, it's overall not a great line and it's not a situation that needed anybody was like i can't wait till the hound talks to sansa or like they like talk again it, also I, it was it, just a really weird scene it makes it sound like okay um i need to be horrifically raped and abused over the course of months a year whatever so that i can be a stronger person and learn to be stronger like no yeah. Sorry, I infuriates me. Yeah. So th that was like one of the big uh, misses, and just like what the fuck scenes for me in this episode. Um, how, like Nicole Christian, how do you guys feel about the Brienne and Jamie storyline? <laughs> uh, I think because this entire time, like I actually had no idea that Brienne was in love with Jamie. What? <laughs> what? Oh. Until recently, yeah. I know. <laughs> Oh, oh, honey! I know. So when this Nicole, please, no more shadow hunters. <laughs> <laughs> so when I found out recently, it was just like, oh, well, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> and I, like, I think um, that whole sort of drinking game scene was really—it was—it was probably such a huge thing for the people who really ship them, right? So, for me, it was weird, though, because I didn't really have that context for a long time. And so, it was more so weird for me to see Brienne to be like, oh, I'm choosing to give my virginity to this dude who is probably going to be a douchebag to her. So, And he was. Mi mixed feelings, yeah, mixed feelings. Although, it was, seeing at least the scene with Tormund was hilarious. Oh, I was actually going to mention that. Oh, I forgot all about that. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, uh, personally, I was never a fan of the uh, Brienne and Jamie romance, but I really liked Tormund and how he really played that, like, how he felt about Brienne this whole time. So I actually cared more about Tormund's rejection than I did Brienne and Jamie finally, you know, doing the deed. Um uh, that's really it. I don't really have much to say about it, just because I I care more about what Jamie's gonna do next, and seeing Brienne be awesome than like the actual what happens on this episode. I get it was fan service, but I just didn't care too much. For me, I turned to my wife and I was like, "I've been waiting for this since I was 17. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh my god! I mean, like literally. Did like, your did your wife just like gently pat your head, like, "Oh, honey, 
No, she, she laughed. Okay. She, she understood. I was explaining to because I read I've read a Storm of Swords where like you get Jamie's backstory and like you had this entire journey with Brienne and Jamie. And it's just like I'm like, oh my god, these two characters are fantastic together. And I think even what was it back in season three or four when they are traveling together, it it's it's some of the best writing the show has had. Um, I loved I loved their interactions. I was so happy to see this, but then. God damn it. I guess Jamie is guilt-ridden that Cersei... Uh, this is how I read it. Uh, I know some people have some weird interpretation. I'm not sure how they got that way. Um, but I guess the two interpretations I've seen is one is that like Jamie is still in love with Cersei and it was just like, I've made a mistake and have to go back. But the one I more read it as was uh, Cersei's still alive and a lot of hateful things and it's it always seems to revolve around her, so he needs to go take care of her. Um, but that they made Brienne this like weeping woman. Yeah, like, that was yeah. so her. annoying. And just like this is no, no. I wanted like, her to stab him. Yeah, she should have like, just. I I I would be upset. Like I get why she was upset. I didn't need her to be weeping, but like, I I get. I don't. It should have been played in my perspective, more of like, oh, she's he's leaving. Uh, rather, uh, instead of that, it should have been played more as, like, you know, if you leave, you're gonna die. Um, I think that's what they were going for, but they totally missed a mark on it. Instead, they kind of, like, really hit Brienne's character, uh, which kind of bothered me a lot. Uh, well, I mean, that's been the theme for this season, is just to kind of trash the characters that they've built up for eight seasons. Because I don't think that... I don't, cause I don't think that... I don't think that Brienne would, would respond that way. Like... I don't think that, yeah, would she be heartbroken? Of course, I think anybody would. Like, she just lost her virginity to this dude and thought that he was going to stay with her. She's been pining after him for years. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I get it. It's understandable. I have a theory, though, on Jamie's actions. And it's that Jamie was almost intentionally cruel to Brienne so that she wouldn't follow him to King's Landing because if he told her the real reason she would go with him to try to protect him and it's because I think of the wildfire I think that because Jamie is one of the very few people who knows about all of the the caches of, of wildfire underneath King's Landing that are still there I imagine um, and that uh, Ares when he was king he had them just stashed all over underneath. And so Cersei would find those, and if she thinks that the war is lost, she would destroy King's Landing. And I think that because Jaime has that information and would be the only one to be able to take her out, kind of like he did with the Mad King, he has to go and do that. And so maybe he can't trust a raven, maybe he feels directly responsible for whatever reason, there it is, but I think he's yeah. going to go to King's Landing, and he's going to end up... It's it's going to be the two of them killing each other to stop her from destroying King's Landing with the wildfire. I... I... I, I really hope it's not because he loves her. And, like, I don't trust the writers at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and uh, that's what sucks. The Does most. anybody? Just throwing it out there among no, us? No. no. Uh, I, I think what... Wow. We say this at what? the beginning... Oh and four, damn! <laughs> I didn't even say anything, and you knew damn well I didn't try. Oh no, that. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, 
I think everyone is just watching this series at this point to see how it ends. It is entertaining. I still get enjoyment out of watching the show. It's just the writing is not what anyone wishes it was. Um, and, like, why do they... Why do they rush something like this? Like, you... As a showrunner, I, I, I get you want to work on other stuff, but you're literally collecting millions of dollars mm -hmm. for each season. Like, HBO would have given you two or three more seasons to wrap this H up. HBO told them they could have full seasons yeah. for both seven and eight to finish it up, and I'm sure they would have extended it for nine and ten if need be. So it is unacceptable for them to be rushing this story. And like <sighs> I said earlier, I think the only reason is because they just want to be done with it. They know that they're out of material, they're fumbling in the dark with whatever they have it's getting exponentially more expensive nah, we're just gonna be done to be honest that's what i think jen is uh because of budget constraints location shooting actors demanding higher salaries a giant cast uh i think it's just too expensive for them to keep it going really but how you're making so much money out of just merchandising and like hbo like this past episode uh the long night was their most viewed episode to date like it's not like they're not making money off yes the show. but i think that uh david and dan would rather go somewhere like to disney where they can really phone it in and continue making that money star, star wars, wars. Yeah. yeah yeah i it just like i mean at that point if they want to do that you could literally get anyone else to, to step show up run. yeah yeah there's more executive producers on there's more writers uh, that they could get to show run. I mean, many shows have done it, and you know what? It might have been better. The show series might have been better for it if they had gotten this board. <laughs> oh, definitely, because like given what I know about both of their careers, they're mostly just screenwriters for a large majority of it. So like, seeing how they write now is not a good sign. Basically, like they should definitely have just handed the torch off to somebody else. But yeah, you know, too late. Uh, so let's jump back into the funeral and the feast. Uh, so, Danny basically, against Sansa's good advice is like, we're going to head down now. I fought your battle. Our soldiers don't need much rest. Why are you guys w making me want to wait? Um, let's take our injured dragons and soldiers and head down now. So Rhaegal literally had holes in his wings. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, he was barely able to fly. I was like, was like oh, what? Poor thing. That is your child. So the idea is to send uh, John and, I guess, some of the infantry down the road uh, by land, and then the rest of them with Danny and, I think, Masande and Grey Worm will take boats down to Dragonstone. Why are they going to Dragonstone? Like, I don't get it. You're... You know they have the Golden Company and Euron's Iron Fleet, but whatever. Okay, no, they don't. That. No, they don't. Remember, they, they thought that, that Euron no. left. They, they right? forgot. Yeah. Danny yeah. forgot. They said that in the inside the episode. Danny forgot about Euron's fleet. And to be honest, from a strategic Wait, they literally said that. In the they yeah. literally said Danny forgot about Euron's fleet. Oh my god. But from a strategic perspective, like Dragonstone's just outside of King's Landing. It's a smart move, but they totally didn't think this through. I mean, could they have just gone to High Garden? Nobody's at High Garden. That's too far away. High Garden's west. pretty far away. It's the opposite it, direction. I don't. I don't remember. What about Storm's End? Nobody's at Storm's Actually, End. they could have done Storm's End. That would have been smarter. Yeah. Like, yeah, God. but the thing is, is that they have to go further south to cut. To oh, cut that. you're right. Dragonstone you're right. actually right. makes tactical sense if 
they hadn't lost a lot of their uh, armada before. What yeah. they should have done is they should have gone to fucking Harrenhal. Oh, it's an empty castle. It's, it's in route. Yeah. Nobody looks there. Like, yeah, but the history of that, everybody dies and loses yeah. there. It's like I mean, bad it's juju. Burnt, it's a Burntown castle due to dragon fire. Uh, I will I mean, say this, I'm though. Just, I'm if just you, saying, if yeah. Tywin Lannister thought it was important enough to hold. Yeah. If you don't remember Harrenhal, it was a spot where Arya was pretending to be a boy uh, working with Tywin mm-hmm. when she was, I think, was that season two? Yeah, season two. Around season two. So, uh, where she meets the faceless man? Yeah. Jacken. Yeah. So here's yeah. a plot hole that I realized. Why didn't they just send a scout to Dragonstone? They had Sir well, Davos, didn't they? He, like, well, knows we'll, those waters really well. Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. In a bit. Um, but, None of the characters are being used. Yeah. So with their strengths. You know, so John's going by land, Danny's going by sea. So as John's leaving, oh. um, for uh, leaving Winterfell to go down to this battle, it really seems like a, a goodbye, like a really big, like I'm not coming back to Winterfell. Um, this is the last time I'm probably gonna be here. That's the vibe I got. And basically, we learned that Gilly is pregnant. Uh, and Sam tries to explain to him how it happened, and Gilly's like, no, he knows, it's fine. Um, and so, I guess they're staying in Old Town, um, which is fine, good for them. Yay! Uh, at least somebody stays in character. Um, you know, out of all the characters, to just be, like, making love and settling down, Sam? (laughs) Okay. I mean, uh, he deserves it. That dude deserves it. Honestly, I was a little upset that when uh, Danny was giving Gendry his title as Lord of Storms, and I'm, I was surprised that she didn't also then try to win Sam's favor yeah. by giving him Highgarden. Considering she killed, you know, his dad. Consi- yeah, yeah, like she just, <laughs> right? you know, murdered his whole family. So, yeah. one of the questions I did have is, like, does the Night's Watch still exist? Like... Technically, there's there no there's, that, there's, right? there's a broken wall. Uh, but who what are they protecting against at this point? There's a there's they no got a deal in place right? with the wildlings. Like, you go to the wall to do what now? I think they're gone, dude. I think they're all dead. Yeah, I, I think the Night's Watch is de- done. So it's like he can become a lord back at um. Where were the Tarleys from? Hornhill. Yeah, I guess he could be a small lord. Back there, um, not like anyone. He has any one stepping in besides his. Nope. I think it's just his mother left, right? Wait, it yeah. just occurred to me. Did he take his sword back? I don't know. I I was wondering if they burnt it with the George. Oh, <sighs> such a waste. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the questions I did have. And then as he's leaving and saying his goodbyes, John with the utter disrespect to Ghost. Yeah, of not Ugh. petting his dog. Goodbye. Yeah, I don't understand that. Why didn't he hug Ghost goodbye? Because like, I don't understand. the way they film the direwolves is against the green screen, and they like impose them onto the scene after. Um, and plus, with the wolves, you gotta be careful. Um, there has to be like a good amount of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which they could have developed over many, many years of filming, uh, if they used the direwolves. But I guess not. Um, it's just some. I I am so I'm so upset at this moment because John has killed him. John has not deserved Ghost for several years. I feel like it's not the way around. 
You think that ghost... Oh, oh my gosh. My blood pressure rose like 30 freaking points. I was like, are you serious right now? It's just like, I get, uh, for me, I I always take offense when people, like, I get people's attachment to dogs and, like, the loyalty, but I always find it strange how humans give more love and attention to dogs than one another. So, okay, so this isn't even about that for me, though. I mean, I do think that, like, I love my dogs more than, like, 98% of the people in my life. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, but, like, I, I get it, because dogs are very loyal, and, like, even dogs... I mean, my dogs I, are I, shitheads, and I love them yeah, more than there, There's that attachment you have. Like, I, I 100% get that, but I just, like, man, some of the... Like, this, the episode, like, the conversation on Twitter literally became about two things... Um, after the episode air, why didn't John pet the dog? John's <laughs> terrible. And did you see that Starbucks cup? That's literally what this episode was. So, okay, so I think the thing with the dogs is, is that, like, dogs are such pure creatures, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. their, their whole thing is that they just love. And so for you to just kind of cast that kind of a creature aside seems so absurdly cruel, you know? And then I think for me the biggest thing is that Game of Thrones is, at least it used to be, such a big... It was so good with the metaphors and the Mm -hmm. analogies. And so with the Starks, the dire wolves were, like, integral to Mm -hmm. who they were as people. Their dire wolves, when they were kids, took on their different personalities. Like, this was important to them. When Sansa loses Lady and is then basically prisoner in King's Landing, that's the metaphor, right? Like, she's lost her her starkness because she's trapped in this Lannister prison. And, you know, only once she gets back to the North does she finally regain some of that, but she's forever changed by it. Like, it's this whole big thing. And so, for John to consistently cast aside this direwolf that is honestly the metaphor for who he is as a person like he is the the outsider of the direwolves he's the one that stands out because he's he's a different kind of stark he's not ned's child but he is still a stark so like for him to just be like yeah you know torment you just just go ahead and just Take him, north. Take him north with you. Like, you didn't even leave him with Sansa? You weren't even going to leave Ghost with the only responsible pet owner here? You know, like, Sansa lost her direwolf through no fault of her own, has been taking care of birds in the Vale, she took care of... She fed all of Ramsay's hounds, um, she took care of Theon for all those years. Like, she's a really good, responsible pet owner, and... You didn't leave Ghost at least with a Stark? Like, it was just kind of like he just waved his hand and was like, okay, see you later. Whatever, I'm done with you. You don't get rid of your pet because you're moving, John. What the fuck? Did you... I'm so, so mad. So, I get that. You're 100% correct in that. But I also took away from that scene, uh, maybe it's a shitty metaphor itself, but, like, that he's saying goodbye to his Stark self as well as he himself. I was wondering that, too. Like, it, was it a direct... Um, sort of part for the for the show to do that to like make to, to like physically show you show the audience that he is no longer gonna necessarily fight for his family right because he is doing whatever Danny tells him at this point to an extent I guess 
Is he embraces Targaryen Targaryen side. No longer yeah. a Stark. See, the way I saw uh, it... But he should have pet the damn dog. <laughs> yeah, actually he should have. The way I saw it was, man, this is a great way to save money by Ghost, and that's kind of what they decided to do. They should, they should, honestly... <laughs> Hon- no, it's, honestly, it felt like... It, that whole thing with John leaving Winterfell, it legit felt like a dude who was getting rid of all of his belongings because he knew he was about to go commit suicide. Like, yeah, he's just giving away <laughs> everything he's ever owned and just whatever. Like, I'm dying for real this time, y'all. I'm so sick of being alive. That's how I feel about John. Like, John is just so ready to die. He's tired. Yeah. So I think my prediction... Um, Shit goes down next two episodes, and then by the end of it, uh, John's like, "Fuck this! I don't want any of this." And then he heads back north of the wall and finds finds Ghost uh, and is reunited. Finds Ghost and Tormund and just lives with the wildlings. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I like that ending. <laughs> I I I, th- I think that's John's ending. Um. God, I, I'm laughing so hard because I made this, like, Google Doc sheet to organize our conversation so we could get through this at a much faster rate and we're just still not through the first part. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. Okay, um, so, Jen, I think you have one that is <laughs> the misuse of Arya, no damn one star. I do, I do. So we talked a little about the uh, the war table discussion about how they were going to stupidly attack King's Landing. And, I mean, like, Arya went through all of the Faceless Man training. She freaking ninja killed the the Night King. And, and, like, and like thinking on it, and after the, the inside the episode portion of, uh, after last week's episode, The Long Night, and how they said that the dagger, she stabbed him exactly where uh, the Children of the Forest also stabbed him to make him the Night King? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, that's what God. they said? Yeah. Yes, that's true. Seriously? Wait, what? Like, what? Y'all can't do that. Y'all can't explain that really good payoff in the after the episode. Arya doesn't know that. But whatever. Okay, so she's so great at being an assassin that she knew exactly the spot to kill the Night King. But they don't include her at all. You know, like, she gets her two minutes of fame with everyone celebrating at the feast. And she's not there. But, like, nobody considers her her as part of their attack. Like, that's weird. It's so strange to me that you have this amazing fighter in Arya who has the ability to change her face at will. And, you don't and it's yeah. not even a consideration in your battle plans. You're right. That's I, a giant plot hole. But I just realized look. something. Isn't Cersei on her list of people to kill? Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, so then that's what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get that yeah. till just now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think well, Arya ends up leaving Winterfell with the Hound mm-hmm. ahead of the army to get head down to King's Landing. Do you think that maybe it was her choice to not be a part of the, their plans? Like she would rather she was in the war room, oh, though. Oh, that's true, yeah. That's she true. was in there with them. And, I mean, and, and, like, I think it's totally within her character to keep quiet about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's within other people's characters to keep true. quiet about like, it. Especially not Sansa. Yeah. But has anyone really understood what Arya can do? Because I, I don't think she's changed faces in Winterfell. Sansa knows that she could change faces. Does she? Arya threatens to wear Sansa's face. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I forgot all about In, that. like, one of the most baffling moments of the show, <laughs> Aria literally threatens to wear her sister's face, and she's dead serious about it. So, I mean, like, I kind of get why they're not going to, because if they use Arya in that way, they've already used this amazing ability of hers to take out the Night King. Like, they're not going to do it again for Cersei. They have to kill Cersei in another way. Which is fine, but, it, like, you're, you're not... The, the military tactics on this show have really just taken a nosedive. And so for you to not plan using all of your chess pieces, mm -hmm. however few you have remaining... Is baffling. Do you think it's be okay? No, this is just terrible because I was gonna say, do you think it's because they killed off all the old people that actually used to do this stuff? But no. Um, but Tyrion should be good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tyrion should be good at this. Davos should there. be good at this. Yeah, yeah there's no reason. Um, and then I think the last random ass scene <laughs> is Bronn showing up. <laughs> oh God. Uh, as Tyrion and. Uh, Jamie, you're having uh, Jamie, a drink. Uh, yes. And basically, like, I'm going to shoot you with this bolt, but you once told me, Tyrion, that if somebody gave me an offer to kill you, you'll double it. And he's been promised River Run, so he wants... High Tyrion offers him High Garden instead. <laughs> and then Bronn's like, okay, I'll see you after the war to collect, because <laughs> I'm not fighting this. And then he pieces out. It's just like, why didn't they send anyone after Bronn and just kill him? Who let him in the gate? He's good at sneaking. <laughs> okay. Well, do, do what you makes Broad think that either one of these parties Are is going survive. to... Well, no, that they're going to actually fulfill that, that promise. True, yeah. Actually, you know what's really funny? They can, because I don't think there's anything left in the Reach. It'd be, like, kind of a joke. No, but, like, why would they? Because any of the remaining major houses in those areas... None of them are going to respect Bronn. Like, not enough people are dead that he is going to get Highgarden. There's no way that the remaining major families at, uh, in either, uh, Old Town or, uh, I can't remember, it's Ashford or something. Like, wherever the Red Wines are, they're not going to, they're not going to follow him. Like, you had the Tyrells managing Highgarden. You think Bronn, no last name is going to frickin' rule Highgarden? No. What's gonna happen is he's going to try to come and collect that, and he's gonna get murdered on the spot by whoever he's trying to collect from. That's what's gonna happen. So, and he's he's a logical dude. Like, he's a mercenary. There's no way that some upstart mercenary genuinely believes that either one of these parties is going to give him a major house like Highgarden or River Run. At best, my dude, you might get the twins. <laughs> <laughs> the twins is actually like... I mean, he could make some money at the twins. Exactly. Actually, yeah, the twins isn't a bad idea. <laughs> but, I I'm saying, like, this is a show that spent so much time... Okay, this is a story that spent so much time developing the political scheming of Westeros. Like, the, the political landscape was the important part of this. And... For them to just cast that all aside and try to have this great moment with Bronn, that was not tense at all because we knew he was not going to kill them. It would have been more shocking for us if he, if he had killed both of them. Yeah, that's true. And, and so, it, like, there's no, there's, I don't know how they're going to think that they're going to resolve this. Like, it's like, 
kind of like with Sandor, they thought, you know what? Bronn's a fan favorite. So we're going to bring him back. We're going to we're going to introduce him in the first episode and he's going to of course be surrounded by naked women because why the fuck not? So, you know, that's the kind of dude that he is. And then he's going to be he's going to be funny and kind of I guess they think like a badass rogue type of character that is just, you know, trying to just get by on his gruff humor. And it doesn't work. Like, it's completely unnecessary. You could have ended Ron's character when he decides to not fight for Tyrion. That's it. End. That's a wrap on Bronn. Bye. See you later. We don't need any more of him. This is nonsensical. Actually, I was actually surprised how much they brought him back in the more recent seasons. Like, especially when they Because it's fan servicey. Yeah. They think that they're doing fan service by bringing Bronn back, and it's really just to the detriment of the characters that they've spent eight seasons building. It's really crazy how much, like... The show changed Y'all once they ran out of book material. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, okay, so I think we're done with the funeral and the feast, unless anyone else has thoughts on Bronn. Nope. Or did we miss anything? I think we covered everything up there. And it might sound like we spent a lot of time there, but that was majority of the episode because the next 20 minutes are just everybody. Um, well, it's just the writer stuffing about four episodes into one 20 minute section um so let's talk let's talk the secret um so john tells sansa and Arya. Arya keeps it quiet sansa tells Tyrion, who then tells varies who then acknowledges that since eight people know the secret's just gonna spread faster yeah faster and because it, the secret is out, they can use this information to leverage putting, well, as Varys says, Varys says, to put John on the throne instead of Danny. Like, they're literally talking about this, like, on her <laughs> ship and then, like, in her throne room. Uh, which I found really funny because I feel like they're, they should be much more careful and they've been much more careful in the past about stuff like this. Uh, I feel like Varys is going to get himself caught because he's making these, like, big moves without any pieces to play with. Um, usually Varys has some sort of... I, scheme. I guess he got hit. Yeah, he has, a, he has a scheme, but he also has people he can work with. Mm. I don't think he has anyone. It doesn't seem like he has much because all of Danny's people are, are loyal to her, like, with the Unsullied. But who else is there around her that he can use against her? I think there's not much. I think Varys against Danny. Yeah, against Danny. Yeah, I think Varys likes playing the secrets game, but I don't think he has a real intention. It seems. I think Tyrion kind of called him out on it. Like, dude, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just constantly manipulating things, but there's no end game for you. Mm. And do you, th- yeah. do you think it's because Varys was able to play Littlefinger, and then Littlefinger would be the one to pull off the schemes? I'm not sure, because eventually, like, Littlefinger and Varys had very different interests at some point. Yeah, that's true. I just think... Littlefinger didn't want the throne. Yeah. I just think Varys just likes manipulating things, but he doesn't... He doesn't seem to know what he wants, really. And that just shows that he's kind of directionless. At least that's how I see him right now. Well, well, I think part of the conversation he had with Tyrion is that he is trying to serve the realm, which she sees as the people itself, and with Daenerys... He sees her lighting everyone on fire, which wouldn't serve anyone um, besides Daenerys in this case. So he feels it's better to make John the true king of uh, 
the Seven Kingdoms instead. I guess that's and true, he does... but, like, he's changed sides so many times yeah. that yeah. I just can't believe anything he says at this point. I just think he likes just playing around. That's pretty much it. Is it kind of like being addicted to the game rather than having an end game plan? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a gambler. <laughs> he's, just, he's, like, he's just like, I put my money on John. <laughs> I, I think... A... I, I think he pays for it. Spider playing with his food. Yeah, yeah, I think he pays for it. Um, I don't think he. Do you think you? Do you think he'll, he'll die? He'll make it to the last episode, or will he die next next episode? I think. Mm, I don't know how long this battle is gonna be. Mm. Uh, but I totally can. It really, it really comes down to who is left standing at the end. I mean, if Danny makes it to six and the battle is over next episode, which I'm guessing it will be, then I think. A lot of sixes fallout of, and who is caught? Uh, because I think Tarion still wants to serve Daenerys, but I'm not sure he knows why he still wants to serve her. But I, it, it, it's really weird to see his character struggle and be unsure. Mm-hmm. But that's what the writing has done to him. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, with Varys, he has that moment with Melisandre where. They both talk about how they're foreigners in Westeros, and she makes a comment about how they'll both die in this foreign land. Mm -hmm. And so I think with the way that they're writing it, and the way that they've kind of set Varys up as being sloppy with some of his political moves of late, Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're setting Danny up to kill him. I can see that. Danny finding out about him leaking the knowledge of Jon, and then her killing him for it. It wouldn't surprise me if Tyrion actually sells out fairies. I feel like that's going to happen next episode. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That would be interesting. Ah, uh, that... Man. It, like, I wouldn't say they're best friends, but, like, you know... I know. They're friends. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> but it's befitting of Game of Thrones to do that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I could... Oh, that, that's rough. But, yeah, I don't blame them. I mean, I think for Tyrion, it might come down to a a me-or-him situation. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyrion's going to uh, save himself. Yeah. I like that theory. <laughs> Unless they... Um, if Wait, never mind. I had a separate line of thought that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um. uh, so what's interesting for me about this reveal is... Um, we don't get to see Sansa and Arya's reaction to finding this out, and that bummed me out. We don't really get to see Tyrion's either. Yeah. I, I, like, Tyrion, I, I, Tyrion I'm fine with. That would be, like, kind of a rehashing of some of the other responses to it. But for Sansa and Arya, like, I would have liked to have seen, even if it's, like, something where, like, we see Bran talking, but we don't hear anything, and we just get to see the facial reactions of Sansa and Arya. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to see that. I want to see how the Starks respond to this, especially Sansa and Arya, who are so protective of Jon and what this means for him. I want that reaction, and we didn't get it. You know what? I wanted my reaction to Brienne and Jamie, but they cut that scene too. <laughs> I was 17. It's been almost 14 years. Damn it, HBO. I've never seen all this worked up. I'm. I'm... Come on. He was heavily I'm invested. So I didn't know that he was such a big Brian Jamie shipper. Yeah, like, same here. Yeah. I, no, I, you've I, been, you've I been holding out on me, dude. I don't. I don't ship. 
but like I've been waiting for this for a really long time. It sounds like your ship. It sounds like you're shipping pretty hard. You are, you are yeah. on a boat. But you know who doesn't ship? Daenerys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she clearly can't see him either. Uh, as she's flying her dragon. Oh god, <laughs> this is the worst transition. I love uh, it. Go on. As she flies so her dragons happy. to Dragonstone, and you know, it, you know, it's like how to train your dragon. It's a beautiful moment, and then. Yoron Greyjoy has PC mods on for uh, headshots, <laughs> and he fires three crossbow bolts from his ship and takes down Rhaegal in a brutal, brutal fashion. And I've been saying it for weeks, why don't these dragons have armor? They need armor. They are about to get armor, I promise you. Well, yeah. There's I a reason mean, why we didn't see Drogon in the preview for next week. I yeah. promise you she has Gendry making some damn armor for Drogon. That's I, I, the only I, way to even the playing field. And it's like, you're you're going so close to King's Landing. Like, I think, Christian, you mentioned it earlier. Like, why wasn't Davos to tell Essa's scout ship? But they could have done anything at all. Why didn't Danny fly higher? Because she could have easily avoided all those yep. arrows. And mm-hmm. seen all those, too. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and there, there's some stuff in there that's like, um, how could the ships have um, hit her if she couldn't see them? But, like, I think if you're flying on a dragon, you should see like, everything. Especially, yeah. You, no, I. You think so? Because, like, the weight... They're not even, like, on a saddle. They're just, like, holding onto the neck. I don't think you have much visibility on a dragon like that. I don't know, man. Maybe that's just me. I I mean, I'm I'm fine with believing that they didn't even see the ships. The fact yeah. that they didn't at all plan for them. Like, it's, like... That's the bigger problem. It's so single-track mind that is bananas to me because they have been ambushed this exact way how many times now how many times have these fools been ambushed because they didn't think for two seconds that you know what um the enemy knows that we're coming so maybe they're gonna attack us on the way like there are no rules of engagement especially for cersei lannister Mm -hmm. You think she's going to respect that and let you just walk up to her front door? Oh, hell no! She is going to be dirty! Actually, actually, Jen, she she does do that. I know, which is insane (laughs) to me. Like, every... Cersei, two years ago, everyone in that field would have been dead. You show up at her door with 12 damn unsullied, uh, a dragon parked across the street... And then let Tyrion walk up to her and talk to her about her baby? Oh, no. She would have shot that bow herself. Are you kidding? No. So it's like they lose the dragon. Uh, Three for three. Um, Danny blows a three dragon lead. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's down to one. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the boats get decimated. Everyone swims ashore. And then Grey Worm realizes Missande is missing. Um, Yeah. And for whatever reason, I like that's the one body they picked out of the water. Like, doesn't she know how to swim? Like, why didn't she swim? Know. And like, Cersei just happens to know she means something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was Slap from the meeting. Rating. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's for convenience sake. Oh, um, so one last thing about it, convenience all... sake. Uh, a lot of the book readers were really mad at this. Dragon scales are supposed to be able to resist arrows. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's, that was, wasn't that an entire thing when Bronn shot an arrow at the dragon? Like, wasn't there like a weak point or something? Yeah. It, that was exploded. Again, plot holes. It's whatever. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god. Uh, apparently, they made scorpions that were so strong that they could destroy ships. 
like <sighs> like they they did way more damage than cannons and i i'm i'm floored at this i'm i'm floored at like everything this yeah. the missteps that were taken story-wise just to Set make it seem make it seem like now they're the underdogs again yeah. like okay she's still got dragons so we've got to somehow even this playing field what are we going to yeah. do well we're obviously going to kill one of the dragons yeah. so how are we going to do that eh no, 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 no we'll just shoot out of the sky it's fine uh okay well she's still got like boats and stuff what are we gonna do about those Eh, we'll just we'll just blow them up too you know and <laughs> that, then like that was more believable for me you know what's the least believable for me i just realized how are there dothraki alive oh yeah well, there were, I guess there were some, some of them came survived. back. I, I mean, yeah. like six of them ran back with Jorah. <laughs> I guess one of those six. Sorry, tangent. Oh, uh, what was? They don't know how to swim though, so I don't know how to cut this short. Because then I, I, I don't, I don't know how like uh, Euron's fleet was able to just discreetly sail by and pick up prisoners of war like Missandei. And well, they wrecked all their ships. So I, I mean, know. they wrecked all their ships, but like, they would have seen from the shore them scooping people up or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I, I oh yeah, that's true. It's but they wouldn't really have been able to do anything about it, right? No, but I mean, I mean, I, like... there there are a lot of instances in this whole final twenty minute sequence where really, maybe not Danny, but the rest of the company should be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, they should yeah. all be dead. Because there's... I just... I, it's... From a military standpoint, the fact that they weren't also prepared, like, on the shore... Is stupid. To just yeah. murder them all, yeah. washing ashore? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I have a question. What was Danny doing when she was flying Drogon right to the ships? I have no Being idea. Being a dumbass. You clearly go around that mountain that they came around, the cliff or whatever it was, and then Attack you take them from the, the ship back. from behind. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Come on. They yeah. can't turn around that fast. Yeah. I think we have to no. give up on all military strategy for this show. It just makes no sense well, anymore. I'm, I mean, we've got one more military battle coming up because uh. Danny shows up at the gates oh, no. of King's Landing. Where, like, props to Cersei. Like, she hasn't been sitting around doing nothing. Like, she's got, like, these di- giant ballistas set up all around the uh, city. She's moved citizens in. Like, it's pre- she's her playing own protection. It smart. Yep. If anything, it's quite questionable um, that she does, didn't just wipe out Danny and everyone in this scene. I'm guessing it's just a courtesy thing for rulers. No, it uh, is a character assassination of my girl Cersei, and it is unacceptable. No way would she have let all of them live. She would have at least killed Tyrion. Yeah. She's been waiting to kill Tyrion for eight seasons. She would have killed Tyrion. But, especially because he dared to talk about her child. I feel like I don't know, maybe this is me, but I feel like Cersei's the type of person that just wants to, like, see their hopes and dreams just be, be crushed all in one swoop. Before she Not kills just, him. like, uh, yeah, she just, like, she'd rather keep Tyrion alive as, like, everything falls apart around them instead of, um, kind of, like, imagine the Battle of the Bastards, but Sansa doesn't arrive with the troops from the Vale. Like, something like that. Uh, that's not how I imagine Cersei wants Tyrion to, like, witness his downfall for betraying her or as she sees as betrayal but yeah so Cersei oh Danny comes back uh, to King's Landing to ask for Cersei's surrender with 
what is about <laughs> the size of a gym class. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like doing jumping jacks. They're like, okay, push-ups. And then uh, the hands come out, Quadburn for... Uh, a little chat. Yeah, Quadburn uh, and uh, Tyrion basically meet halfway. And Tyrion's like, we demand to surrender at uh, handing him the sand day. And Quadburn's like, um, yeah, you guys better... Just hand over Daenerys, and if you don't, uh, Missandei dies. But that is, like, the, the, the goal to show up outside of King's Landing after you just lost a naval battle, mm-hmm. all of your ships, I'm guessing, and a dragon. Yep. Those I, are I, some I, balls. I, I like, yeah. the land troops haven't even arrived mm-hmm. yet. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Um, and then, Tyrion's like, Quiburn, like, I don't want to hear this the screams of, uh, of children dying uh, yeah yeah children just burning and he's like yeah you know it's pretty awful and then Darian's like what the fuck <laughs> like this guy's on another level and he just kind of bypasses him to talk some sense to Cersei where he's like do it for your child and I really hope Euron was there just like counting on his fingers like wait a second how many months how you know you know he doesn't know how to yeah. count <laughs> Uh, I really hope, like, he, the next episode is him just going, like, what did Tyrion mean about the baby? Like, you just told me about it. <laughs> I See, I don't think that Euron is the kind of person to care. Like, I think, I think he, even if he knew that it wasn't his kid, he's of the singular mindset that it doesn't matter because I'm going to be king, and I'll just... Jamie's gonna die. Like, if Jamie shows up, I'm killing him. So, he's not putting another baby in her, and if need be, I will kill that baby that is Jamie's to make sure that mine become king. So, like, yeah. I think I think he's playing the long con with this. Mm. There would be no reason for him to anger Cersei. He's gonna be king. Yeah. So, Tyrion tries to talk some sense. Doesn't go well. Cersei orders the death of Missande and Grey Worm goes Super Saiyan he grows hair it's golden it's beautiful <laughs> um, that, that's my hope for next week's episode at least but um, he's so episode, mad he I, grows hair <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the thing but why it, did they think that would work like there's there's oh, yeah, no yeah. S- it just makes no sense so it's just like first off like the writers didn't think that, like, the one last black woman on the show tied up in chains gets bad. Um, like, did no one think about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a giant, um, I, I feel like they just do first drafts and no one's, everyone's like, yeah, 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 that's, that's good. Let's get to filming. We'll take care of it with uh, additional drafts. And they never do. Um, it's annoying. It's really annoying. Because um, I don't know how you miss something like that. Uh, they're they're tone deaf, kind of like how they didn't miss. Uh, what was it? The end of season three, when they have all of the slaves lift up Danny, and she's the one white person oh savior God. as yeah. they're carrying her through the <laughs> sea of slaves. Yeah. <laughs> like th- I think they're a little tone deaf with some yeah. of these choices. Um. So. Wait, what you wrote, why didn't Miss Andy take Cersei down with her? Do you, uh, do you guys really think that would have been... I mean, like, it was set up Ooh. in a way that it could have happened, but, like, come she's, on. She's, a, she's from a, uh, a people who are... They, they are non-violent, like, naughty people. They don't... Oh, that's true. Even if it means, if it means, like, their own hurt. Like, that's 
They would rather part of how she not, became yeah. a slave. They would rather not hurt someone. Um, I, so that kind of sets up, what am I even thinking right now? Um, yeah, so I think that leaves Danny with this, like, look in her eyes, like, she's gonna burn some motherfucking children. Um, <laughs> that, mo- mostly because of Cersei, not because she wants to, uh, but, like, she did, did give Cersei the chance and Cersei, like, retaliated. Like, I don't blame Cersei for what she's doing. Like, she's doing what she needs to. Um, uh, can you say that again? <laughs> I don't blame Cersei. <laughs> She's doing what she needs to. Huh? Okay. I just, I, just, I just needed that. That affirmation. On record for posterity's <laughs> sake. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think about it. Like, this woman with dragon shows up at your door. You pull Ever whatever you, you need are to. You, yeah. I mean, are you kidding? I'm Cersei's number one fan from day freaking one. Are you kidding? Yes, I know why Cersei's doing what Cersei's <laughs> doing. Yeah. Like, I, I nobody I, loves Cersei more than I do. I I don't want Cersei on the throne, but like Cersei's one of the few characters in this show right now that is actually doing exactly what I expect him to be doing. <laughs> so, um, props to Cersei. Um, <laughs> what what about? So I think like yeah, outside of Sansa and Cersei, everyone is just being really stupid this season, and I really hope it stops. <laughs> I really really hope it stops in these final two episodes, and we get we just like have less of these conversations of why are the writers doing this yeah well um any thoughts so uh, so i wanted to comment on i don't know if you guys thought this while watching but that scene outside of king's landing was shot very weird to me like it felt like most of those actors weren't even in the same place together and it was all just kind of smashed together CGI with CGI or something and uh like the desert just scenery I don't know if, if it bothered any of you but it was just so weird for me and so I started looking into it and even on the title sequence they've moved King's Landing further away from the water <laughs> and so like I don't know if it's like a reason to explain like why it looks like they're standing in like a, a I don't want to say even desert, like a desert yeah. but like a desolate barren area so there and actually is an explanation uh Tyrion had the trees cut down back during the battle of Blackwater oh. and they just never grew back and, uh, yeah, I'm guessing they just never grew back. Mm. But <laughs> so at the, at the end of season seven, when Jamie leaves King Landing, it's snowing. Trees. Yeah, I mean it. It does. I mean, like, what happened in winter? Like, the Night King died, and in winter, just ended. the sun came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait, like, there was. Does that it's, mean it's Sean to Claire? Does anybody know that reference? No, no. just me. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Does that mean the there's rooster, no the rooster crows and the sun comes out? Oh. No. Sorry. <laughs> Does this mean there's no winter anymore, though? Because I I guess so. What was the final book called? Jen, what's the final book called in Game of Thrones? The final book? A Dream of Spring. A Dream of Spring. Yeah. So I guess we're already at the Dream of Spring. I don't think that's how weather works, you guys. (laughs) I mean, they dreamt it. I've got news for you. (laughs) Just because the Night King died doesn't mean that all snow stops. All winter stops. So like, you're saying if I find the Night King in the real world right now, I can and kill him. I can end climate change. <laughs> That's the I real I think you're policy gonna make it to worse. Do. I think I think um, 
You're confused about the nature of climate change there if you want to be killing the Night King. You see, this is why Bran becomes the Night King, because they need winter back. Ugh. Also, Bran, what are you even doing? What is your What is your purpose anymore? <laughs> he lives in the past, okay? He uh, lives in the past. I mean, I've gotta go. My people need me. Skrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
uh, democracy, I don't think Cersei destroys King's Landing. I think it's gonna, I, because I think the last thing we have on our dock is Danny going to go mad. <laughs> I don't think she deserves to end her current state, but yes, they will because it's just this theory fans have had, and they're gonna be like, why not at this point? Because um, she's already lost pretty much everything that she's held dear, so might as well just burn everything to the ground. Um, I mean, like. Cersei has it coming from Danny's perspective, at least. She killed her dragon, didn't send you know reinforcements. You know, killed Missandei. Jorah died when he he might not have died if they had uh, More troops, the troops yeah. from King. Yeah, so you know, I don't blame her for wanting to burn King's Landing, but like, it becomes: is anybody going to be able to stop Danny if it goes too far? And I think that question's only going to be answered but with John's sword. Ugh. So, so are you saying you think that Danny is going mad, like she's going kind of power hungry? So, as of right now, I think everything she's doing is justified. I think what the sh- writers are going to do is lean her towards becoming the Mad Queen, like her, like her dad. father. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, I don't know if it's earned. It'll probably be entertaining as hell to watch. Uh, it's probably the ending we're going to get. I will be pissed. I will be so pissed. So, I'm, what you're saying is, Tune in next week. <laughs> Wait, so what is Nicole and Christian, do you think yeah. that she's going mad? No, uh, because it's Game of Thrones, I personally think that they're just throwing this as like a red herring to make us think that's going to happen, but that's not what's going to happen whatsoever. And no, I don't think she's going mad. I really hope not, and I hope she smartens up in the next episode so that she doesn't just play straight into Cersei's clutches, but... I don't know, since I don't trust the writers. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the how? most adorable way to say that. It's just all bubbly. I don't trust the writers. How many characters do you think die next week? Mm. It sounds horrible, but I hope a lot. Me too. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be a shit ton. I think. Uh, I think John makes it to the end. Danny makes it to six. You think Danny dies next episode? No, she makes it to six. Oh, to six. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, I think Cersei, Jamie, Bronn. I think Tyrion will make it Barry's. to six. Yeah. I don't think Tyrion makes it out. Oh, next episode? As mu- um, I think he makes it out of five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just think, I wonder if Cersei... If Danny, if Danny does go the Mad Queen route, I wonder if she goes so far that like everyone in King's Landing is like, we just need to get the hell out, and then Jamie's just like, I need to get her out of there. I'm not sure. <sighs> hmm. Like, what is Matt? Because I, I feel like Jamie's still gonna fall for the baby bullshit. Yeah. Because like, where's the yeah. bump? Where's the baby bump at this point? Uh. Did she lose that baby or no? No, I think she still has it. I can't it. remember. Yeah, I think she still has it. I think she, I think she genuinely still has it because there was fear in her eyes when Tyrion mentioned it. Um, I think. I I think that there's got to be something where like Jamie and Cersei go out together. They came into the world together. They're gonna leave the world together. I can see that. <laughs> but it makes me sad because Brienne deserves so much better. <laughs> she can go north and find Tormund. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but does she want Tormund? That's He'll grow on her. That whole drama with the three of them was so unnecessary, but it, 
awesome. It really was. Uh, but you know what? It was so much fun. It was, but it's so silly. <laughs> It, it so high school, some of the be- It created some of the best gifs on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it when he first saw her and the comments that he made, but it, it again, to go with the fan service thing, it's like they saw that people liked that moment and they just kept leaning into it. Yeah. Instead of, like, recognizing that that's a good moment and leaving it be, they they just have to run it into the ground. And I think that's kind of what they did. Even though I did, I did love seeing a big burly man like Tormund cry. Yeah. I thought that that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? Like he took he took his rejection well. With, yeah, he took it well. He wasn't like you must love me. <laughs> he didn't try to go after Jamie. Like he's like you know what? I lost. She doesn't want me. I'll move on. <laughs> Props to you, Tormund. Giant yeah, spin. way to go. Yeah. May you find the giants to take milk from. <laughs> <laughs> My hope is that. Uh, Danny still becomes Queen of Westeros, but at a severe cost. Like, King's Landing is completely destroyed, and she has to rule again from Dragonstone. Um, because I think I think of the vision that we see in Season 2 of her walking through the destroyed Red Keep in the throne room, mm. and the ashes that are falling from the sky, that my theory is that they're going to fail in stopping whatever wildfire destruction is going to happen, or maybe maybe Drogon goes maybe Drogon goes mad and destroys King's Landing, um, and so she's queen of the ashes and has to kind of grapple with that. And then I think that Sansa um, pulls to the north and makes them independent, or maybe Danny finally recognizes that, hey, Sansa's fucking right, I should give them their independence <laughs> and not battle this, but that's my hope. I really hope it ends in a democracy. <laughs> and just, like, everyone that vied for the throne is just like, yeah, I was an idiot. Just, like, break it into seven states, let them rule. Hmm. I, I just, it's See, but that's, that's so hard though like with what they've got set up like the reach would very clearly be such a powerhouse because it's where all their food is democracy yo you gotta have your important exports <laughs> i mean that's that's true i mean old town's got i don't know what winterfell's got snow <laughs> the north <laughs> uh crips <laughs> yeah actually might be wood right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the veil has not rocks. oil that's for sure Oh yeah. Okay. I think that about does it for this week's episode of uh our Thrones cast. We really need like a better name than adding cast to whatever <laughs> we're doing. Well we've only got uh, two more episodes, so I think uh I think we're fine. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh Jen, where can everyone find you? Uh if you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, I am at Jen Starook. And then you also have the I finale also... of uh, Supergirl and Legends coming up? Uh, in two weeks, I think. Two weeks, the two more episodes left for either. Uh, or maybe one. Yeah, two more for each, I think. Um, uh, so I have a podcast called Super Trash. You can find that on Twitter at Super Trash Cast. And uh, we talk about Supergirl and Legends, and it's basically just me being a giant shipper and having... Hopes and dreams that will never come to fruition on uh, CW. <laughs> uh, Nicole, what about you? Um, what about me? 
Sorry. I'm so tired. Where can people find you? Oh, Oh, she's so adorable. (laughs) I have to get up. I have a 7.30 meeting tomorrow, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, No, uh, you can find me on Twitter at N-A-A-X-E. And yes, that is all. (laughs) Uh, Christian, what about you? Uh, XN Angelus on Instagram and XN underscore Angelus on Twitter. And you can follow me at Bilal underscore Mian on Twitter. Um, and then everything the workprint at theworkprint.com or at the workprint on all different types of social media. Um, thanks again, everyone, and see you next week after the bloodbath. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Adios. <laughs>